hey everybody and welcome back to Practice Makes Faithful. Today we are in Season 2, Episode 12. We are in the fourth part of our series, Witness. And I'm Ben Patterson, joined as always by Paul Hugobart. Good morning, Ben. And joined once again today by Jim Paisley. Good morning, all. And we are excited. Jim was able to join us a couple weeks ago for uh, the last part, for part three of the series, I believe, or part two. Part two of the part series, two. I guess. Yeah. Um, and uh, we're excited you can join us again. Mm-hmm. How's uh, how have y'all been doing? How's weekend been? Anything anything exciting in y'all's worlds before we get going? Man, I you know I, I don't feel like it was a super busy weekend, but right now uh, I feel like it was a busy weekend. I don't know, you know. I mean, so looking back, I. I, I feel like we didn't have a super busy weekend, but man, I, I feel really just spent. Um, and so, you know, just kind of coasting on the grace of God this morning. And so hoping that, uh, you know, that, that as the week goes, some of that energy comes back. But I'm, you know, I was trying to look back and review the weekend, and I don't feel like we were that busy, although we were, we were in a number of different things. And it was definitely a fun weekend. The weather for, oh, so nice. you know, uh, for October so nice. to be in the mid-70s. Mm-hmm. Um, was was really nice. It's a little dry, so you know, rocking some chapstick this morning. Um, but uh, but other than that, yeah, I had yeah you know, we had a good weekend. How about you, Jim? It was good. It was Lauren's birthday this past weekend, uh, so we got a chance to spend time with her and okay. uh, her family. And we had our general Sunday family dinner last night. There you and go. It was all good eats and good fellowship and Very it was nice. good times. That's a good time. Groovy. Well, awesome, y'all. That's good. So uh, let's go ahead and dive in. I know we also had a good day here on yeah. Sunday. Yeah. It was a great morning. Um, Jim was able to bring that message. Really good. We'll dive into that in just a second. But before we do that, uh, let's just dive into this series of witness. Um, and Paul, you want to give us that recap of what we've been talking about all this month. And then Jim, you can dive into this week's message specifically. Okay. So so the title of the series, again, Witness, um, just trying to be bold and honest and upfront about the fact that we are called to be God's witnesses in the world around us. You know, when kind of when you open up your eyes to, to this, the, the number of the times that, uh, that scripture clearly says that we are called to be his witnesses, it's almost amazing that we sometimes, we sometimes miss this, right? I mean, the authors of scripture say it over and over. Uh, Jesus says this plainly over and over, whether Jesus says, you know, uh, be salt and light, or whether he says to his disciples, and of course we're disciples as well, uh, love just as I have loved you, you love each other. Or the, the call of the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 5 to, to, to be God's ambassadors. I mean, he says, we are God's ambassadors. Or later the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 5 says, uh, be imitators therefore of God as dearly loved children, right? So that's, I mean, that's our call. We're supposed to be imitators of God. Or uh, 1 Peter 2, the Apostle Peter says, uh, we ought to live such good lives among unbelievers that eventually they'll give glory to God. Why? Because they've seen him in us. And so uh, the, the call throughout the New Testament, and certainly I think God even intended that for in the Old Testament for the people of Israel, that they would be his ambassadors and at work witnessing um, you know, to his goodness uh, to the world or witnessing about his goodness to the world around them. Um, and certainly we do that imperfectly. The people of Israel did that imperfectly. Um, but that is the call. That is the target. So be imitators of God in a way that people would see God alive through you. So again, the, the title of this series is Witness. Uh, but I think the subtitle, um, or you could call that the tagline, 
really does make plain what we're talking about. And, and it's, it's that as we live as witnesses to Jesus, we represent him in everyday life. I mean, everyday ordinary life. So not just the big moments. And that's often kind of how we work as people, right? So here's this really big moment. In this big moment, uh, I'll come through and I'll represent Jesus. But we're talking about everyday life, you know, and not just organized service projects, but every moment of your everyday ordinary life. And that, that's what we're called to. And frankly, nothing less, nothing short of that. Now, again, doesn't mean that we will fall short of it, but we're called to nothing short <laughs> of that. <laughs> you know, so again, that's our target. That's uh, that's the target that we're living for. Mm-hmm. That's good. All right, Jim, you want to tell us where we go with that this this week, continuing with the series witness. What did you talk about this week? I talked about loving each other and how our witness as Christians to the world and to those who are around us that we come in contact with will see whether we are truly his disciples. Mm-hmm. And it says you, they will know that you're my disciples by the love you have one for another. Yeah. And so that's what I talked about this past week in the passage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where uh, where is that passage? Uh, John chapter thirteen, verse John 13. thirty-four and thirty-five. Okay, for the most part, we started in verse thirty-one mm-hmm. uh, about glorifying Him, glorifying the Father. But then we moved on to Him saying to them, "A new commandment I give to you: that you love one another as I have loved you." By this, all men will know that you are my disciples by the love you have one for another. Mm-hmm. So he. He starts out mm-hmm. talking about him glorifying God and God being glorified through him because he knew that he was going to the cross mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. knew that he was getting ready to leave. He tells them, where I'm going, you cannot come because he was going to the grave mm-hmm. to die for the sins of all mankind. And that yeah. was his, yeah. that was why he was there in the first place. But then he says, but I tell you this, while you're here, love one another as I have loved you. You got to love one another because people are going to see you through my example. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, this passage takes place in the upper room, right? It does. I mean, it you know, does. So this is right after Jesus has washed his disciples' feet, mm-hmm. after he's identified Judas as his betrayer, mm-hmm. and then here comes this moment where he says to them, "Look, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to be with you much longer. You're going to look for me. As I told the Jews, where I'm going, you can't come, but here's my new command. Love each other just as I have loved you. Mm-hmm. You love each other. So, I, a very, mm-hmm. very beautiful passage, um, and so much connected to the idea of what it looks like to be a witness to Jesus in everyday life. The kind of love that we mm-hmm. we have for each mm-hmm. other. Mm-hmm. So, as you dove into that, you kind of talked about these these three B's that we need to be thinking about. That we need to live out, mm-hmm. kind of as we do this. Talked about that we need to wear the brand of Jesus. That we need to uh, follow the blueprint mm-hmm. of Jesus, and that we need to our lives need to be the billboard of Jesus' love. Would you kind of talk about each of those and kind of what that means? Mm-hmm. What, yeah, so let's start. With One the of the things I wanted to do at the very beginning was to remind us again what a disciple is. Mm-hmm. A disciple is one who follows, who is following Jesus, mm-hmm. and who is being changed by Jesus, and who is committed to the mission of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So in this, in the passage, he says. People would know that you are my disciples. Well, we need to understand that our life must be committed Mm -hmm. to what we have been called to. And Mm -hmm. that is to be children of God, followers of Jesus. 
in that mission. And so therefore he puts that out there. So we talked about the brand. The brand, mm -hmm. branding is important. Mm -hmm. With companies, branding is important. I, I, I think being uh, the, the graphic that you gave mm -hmm. me that, that showed a lot of different uh, companies mm -hmm. uh, brand up there. And by the way, somebody said to me, you must be from the north. I said, well, why is that? You see, because Coke is for the south, not Pepsi. You know? I'm not going to lie. I didn't notice that. I was looking up there and I said, <laughs> yeah, I you know. Yeah. And, I mean, we could get into the Coke-Pepsi controversy. My, my apologies. I'm a Pepsi fan. Coke is just not sweet enough for me. But, uh, but, uh, but yeah, down here. It's Coke. You know, the Coke thing, not the Pepsi thing. I mean, this close to Atlanta, uh, we, we do the Coke thing. Um, or, or we get called out for not right. doing the Coke hey, we, thing. So I got called out for that. Uh, yeah. And that was fine. But the, the point of all of that is, is that all the different companies want to distinguish themselves mm -hmm. from all the other companies. And they want to attach a certain degree of quality and a certain mm -hmm. degree of reliability of yeah. their product mm -hmm. and things of that particular nature. So nature so that's why they have a brand yeah they, and they want they want people when you think of of of, of drinking something in the case of coke and pepsi and mm -hmm. and all mm -hmm. something mm -hmm. you think of their company mm -hmm. you know and that's what they're trying to do well you know when we think of being a disciple of jesus christ what is it that we want people to think of yeah we want people to think of god Mm -hmm. yeah. And throughout the scriptures, we constantly hear John, especially in John uh, chapter yeah, 15, yeah. John, 1 John yeah. 3, he, he constantly says it's God is love. Mm -hmm. He defines mm -hmm. God is love. And mm -hmm. we, we see uh, the evidence of that, you know, especially in one of our favorite passages of scripture, John three sixteen, for mm -hmm. God yeah. so loved the world yeah. mm -hmm. that he yeah. gave his only begotten son. We see the evidence of the love of God. And so the brand then of God is love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when it comes down to us as Christians, then we have to wear that brand. We need to make sure that we're wearing that brand because the world, when they look at us, they need to see God in us. Yeah, yeah. You know, it said, let your light shine in such a way that men right. might see your good works and God be glorified. Mm -hmm. And right. that's our way then of glorifying God mm -hmm. by, mm -hmm. by allowing that brand of love to mm -hmm. be seen in our lives as we interact with one another and as we interact with them. Yeah. You know, that. so, that's good. So, um, yeah. That's real good. That's, that, that's I, I love the story you shared um, on Sunday morning, too, about seeing, uh, being at the Nike outlet, yeah. and seeing the guy who was yeah. dressed in Nike stuff from top to bottom, you know, so has, you know, kind of the Nike top, yeah. he's got the Nike pants on, he's got Nike socks, Nike shoes. I mean, everything about him was covered in the brand of Nike. And so you said that, you know, for those companies, there's something distinctive about those brands. But two, it's interesting to me to, to, to watch people who will try to distinguish themselves mm -hmm. by wearing the brands of those companies, mm -hmm. right? right? And so, you know, I think that that is what's interesting. All these brands are wanting to be influencers. Right. And when we wear those brands, we show that we are the influenced. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Maybe we think that we can tag on to some of their influence as well. But, but certainly the idea of branding is distinctive in that too, because it's not just that the company has a brand that is distinctive and by which they distinguish themselves. It's that people start adopting the things that go along with that brand so that they might also distinguish themselves. Right. And so I think there's a lesson in that as well when it comes to branding is, you know, it's not just that God is love. 
is that we ought to be distinguishing ourselves as those people who belong mm-hmm. to Jesus mm-hmm. by also then being mm-hmm. now clothed in the brand, as you mm-hmm. said. And so we also distinguish ourselves mm-hmm. the same way Jesus distinguished himself mm-hmm. in that. And so, you know, to, to think about what it would look like to uh, to be the equivalent of that guy mm-hmm. that you said you saw, right? Yeah. At, this, yeah. at this outlet who yeah. was decked out from, <laughs> he was. you know, floor to ceiling. In, in Nike gear, but what if we were decked out from floor to ceiling mm-hmm. in the love of God? And that was true about us. Mm-hmm. Everywhere we went, people saw that evidently. Mm-hmm. And, and I asked the question, what if, because I have to be honest, I don't even really know exactly what that would look like. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I, I can't fully comprehend. It's easy to, to picture in my mind, here's somebody yep. dressed from floor to ceiling in Nike gear. Mm-hmm. It's not as easy to make that same that same jump to think about somebody who was, you know, that, that was just covered from top to bottom in the love of Christ. And, and here's Jesus. And, Jesus. <laughs> that's it. I mean, that's, that's basically it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And here's stuff I didn't share with you all, but I can share now. And that yeah. is, this guy was standing in a long, long, long line with more Nikes in his hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like yeah. he was yeah. pursuing it. You right. know, there was yes. a pursuit to get more Nike than he was. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. the latest Nike. He wanted to be the latest Nike. He wanted to improve upon what he already had. Right. And so, uh, and it, it, there were just lessons in that. You know, yeah, as man. far There's, as yeah. us, us yeah. uh, putting on the brand okay. of, of, or as I said yeah. from Colossians chapter three, be clothed in mm-hmm. love. That's yes. what the passage of scripture say. Put on those clothes of love mm-hmm. every day and even try to put on more than you did the day before yeah. so that you look more like Jesus every day. There again, in the, the definition of a, a disciple being changed by Jesus. Paul talks yeah. to the Corinthians about being changed right. from, one, from one degree of glory to the yeah. next, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's, it is a metamorphosis that, yes. that, that is going on. You know, so that in, in our lives it should right. be going on. When we when we're adapting that brand uh, that that God is is, mm-hmm. is in for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. I love that. Yeah, so let's go to the second B. So the second B was blueprinting. Mm-hmm. Jesus said to his disciples, He said, "Listen, I have set this example for you. Mm-hmm. Follow that example." Mm-hmm. Do what I what you see me do, and he got that from what he had done earlier mm-hmm. in, in the mill when he he gets up from his seat he ties a towel around his waist he gets down on his knees mm-hmm. and he begins to wash their feet you know mm-hmm. their old dirty muddy feet mm-hmm. stink feet he washed those feet and all of a sudden comes to Peter he said whoa, whoa whoa wait a minute not me you know right and uh and, P- and he told him if he couldn't do that for him, then he had no pardon. And Peter said, watch the whole me then. Yeah. You know, he was really And then Jesus simply says, you're already clean. Yeah. You know, yeah. but, but I do this. And he was setting an example for us because think about this. Mm. We're talking God washing our feet. Mm. Mm-hmm. God serving us. You know, in all the scriptures, it said the mm-hmm. Son of Man came to serve and not to be served and mm-hmm. to give his life a ransom for many. So mm-hmm. we see yeah. that his whole mission, that was a part of his mission. So mm-hmm. in the latter part, mm-hmm. in the latter part of that definition of a disciple committed to the mission of Jesus, we have right. to include serving others mm-hmm. and being and loving others the way that Jesus Christ loved them. That's not just simply telling them about it, 
but showing them. Jesus was just not telling them things, but he modeled it for them. He set an example. Yeah. He set a pattern for them to be able to follow and to and, and to live their lives in that mm -hmm. way. And that's the beauty of what he did. And so that's what he, he was saying to them. Uh, you're going to come into situations and you're going to think you missed the big stuff. Mm. But you can't. you got to humble yourself. One of the things I was sharing yesterday, God came to the world in humility. Mm -hmm. God yeah, lived in the world in humility. Mm -hmm. yeah. And God went to a cross and died in humility. The attitude of, of being humble was something that was evident in, in his life. And if we are to be truly disciples of Jesus Christ, it must be. There must not be anything that we're, we think we're too good to do for Jesus. That yeah. Nothing whatsoever, yeah. you know. And uh, it's easy for us to get our feelings hurt because we feel like we're not being noticed or put up or, or, or patted on the back for something. Mm -hmm. It's not about us in the first place. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. about who we're trying to glorify, and that's God. Yeah, and that's why Jesus he 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 emptied himself, became nothing, and went to a cross, because he wanted to glorify the Father, and that should be mm -hmm. our daily goal. When we're following the blueprint of Jesus, when mm -hmm. we're doing the things that he has set as a pattern for our lives, mm -hmm. that's how we are to act and interact mm -hmm. with one another. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's really good. Yeah, awesome. Let's go to that last one. The third. Third B is that disciples display the billboard of Jesus, of Jesus' love. I talked a little bit about our, our, our trip to Vegas yesterday. Marjorie and I went mm -hmm. to go visit with her her uh, her cousin in, in Vegas, and we went that little trip mm -hmm. down that big strip uh -huh, of Vegas, uh -huh. and the signs were just flashing everywhere. You could see yeah. them, you know. And it's not that we're doing things so people can see us. I don't think that's what that was Jesus' intent. But your life is such that it's so different from everybody else's that they see it. Yeah. They can't help but notice. Yeah. They can't help to notice when everybody else is cussing and everybody else is is, is telling dirty jokes and you're being you're striving to be pure and holy and righteous. Not that you 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 you're uh you know turning up your nose or anything like that, but you're just not involved in those things. Yeah. You have a different mission in life than, mm -hmm. than, than that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's how we become billboards of his love. When they see us, when they see us as Christians respecting one another mm -hmm. and speaking to one another mm -hmm. and encouraging one another and, and caring for one yeah. another and <clears throat> praying for mm -hmm. one another and praying for them, yeah. you know, that all of a sudden they, they see something different in this person. You know, how yeah. many times have we said, you know, there's something different about that person. And when you, you look at it, you say, it's God. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's how we're to be billboards. You mm -hmm. know, uh, we have a responsibility to be examples. Uh, and guess what? We're going to fall. We're going to yeah. have times mm -hmm. when we're not. You know, there's none of us are going to be perfect in, in that. But as the definition of a disciple says, we're being changed by Jesus every day. Mm -hmm. Here's the beautiful thing. When I mess around and make the wrong example, I know I can come to him, confess those sins. He is faithful and just to forgive me and mm -hmm. purify me from all righteousness. Mm -hmm. Back on the right track again, trying to live and yeah. be a billboard for Jesus. Love that. Yeah. That's I love how I even used a couple of examples that sometimes people would equate to almost like moralizing, right? So 
you know, we don't, we might not cuss and maybe, so we don't cuss, we don't drink, we don't tell dirty jokes, we don't do these things. But then what you pointed to is respect for others as the reason why we don't do those things, which is highly different than the way we've often viewed those, you know, especially when we, uh, because we live in such an individualistic society, we think of ourselves first and everything as opposed to thinking of others. We don't even consider the effect that our words or our jokes or are, you know, could be, it could be a, a, you know, nasty habit, like, you know, getting drunk or whatever. People are not considering the effects of their actions on others. So we just view those things as moralizing Mm -hmm. as opposed to it's actually an act of love to not do this thing. Right. Because I know that my, my language, the, the ideas I put in your mind, um, if I'm impaired the way that I can't behave toward you in love, all these different things are actually acts of love for others. Mm-hmm. You know, so then we start to, so we think about those negative things. If we think in the positive, then all then the positive things we do, well, we, we would say, we, I think we would recognize those as acts mm-hmm. of love toward others. The others we would just think as, you know, we're just trying to be pious people. But that's because we put so much focus on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we've forgotten that love is all about what we do mm-hmm. in relation to others. And, you know, so we think about this idea of a billboard, too. I think you're 100% right in that when you said that, you know, it's not, it's not to point to ourselves, but we do these, we do do what we do to draw attention to Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, to God and to let him be glorified, which is even what Jesus says earlier in this passage. Mm-hmm. He says, look, I'm all about the glory of God. And what's amazing is, as I've been about the glory of God, he turns around and lets his glory shine through me. Mm-hmm. I think that was mm-hmm. 1333, somewhere mm-hmm. in that ballpark. Um, and so Jesus is saying, as I am about God's glory, the glory of God is reflected and shines through me. I think saying to his disciples, you live that way, the same will be true about you, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is what we looked at the week before. Mm-hmm. Then I think what else is so distinctive about this too, because I think Jesus is, he is talking about, of course, the fact that we're people of love everywhere we go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But he's also talking specifically about the love that we have one for another Mm -hmm. within the the disciple-making community Mm -hmm. and that the way we treat each other and love each other and care for each other Mm -hmm. ought to be so distinctive inside of here. Mm -hmm. So so this is an insider kind of love that makes the outsider wish they could be on the inside Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. You know, and that, I, 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 you know, as I look around at our, culture and the way that people think about the church often. Mm-hmm. How many people are looking at churches saying, and we talked about this a little bit last week, saying, I just wish I could be a part of that group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, there are reasons, there are more reasons. It's not just about what we're not doing or mm-hmm. what we're doing wrong, but man, what an opportunity. As Jesus says, look, all people will know that you're my disciples. Mm-hmm. And some of those people will look at what you're doing and say, I want to be a part of that as well. Now, I think the reason that happens, and Jesus does say this, like I give you a new command, which was kind of not new command. It was it was an old command, but a, but a very new way of living this out. And so you, you gave this definition uh, on Sunday, uh, qualifying the kind of love that Jesus was talking about. So the agape kind. Mm-hmm. And, and you said that, that this is our target as we try to embrace Jesus' new command. So let me read that definition and then I want to ask you this. Uh, two things. Why is it so significant that we choose this to love this way? And what is distinctive, so distinctive about this love? So let's come to the definition first and then I'll ask you those questions again. So here's what you said. Agape love is a compassionate and righteous pursuit 
of another person's well-being. It is an action to command our mind and our will to guide our choices. To love is to prioritize someone else's needs above your own. So, so again, why is it so significant that we choose to love this way? And what is distinctive about this kind of love? The world, the devil, wants us to think about self. Mm. Jesus is <clears throat> selfless in his love. The world wants us to make sure that we're getting what we want. Our, we love people. The world loves people because you expect something back. It's a condition mm. that's on there. Jesus mm -hmm. says, no, I want you to be unconditional. Here's something that, that just, when you really think about it, this blew, blew my mm -hmm. mind. And that was the fact that Judas was in that room yeah. and was sitting around that table. And Jesus knew what he was going to be doing. Earlier, you got James and John fussing and arguing about who's going to be the greatest right. in the kingdom, <laughs> you know. You know, you got yeah. Peter. Yeah. Peter jumping up and and being Peter, yeah. talking out. He loved them in spite of what was going on in their lives. Mm -hmm. And so he had their best interests at heart. At the end, though, they're still wondering, who's he talking about? Which means that he didn't, he didn't embarrass or call Judas out. He knew what he was going to do. Mm -hmm. He says, whatever you need to do, you need to go ahead and do it. Mm -hmm. But he loved them in spite of who they were, in spite of what they were mm -hmm. going through. He loved them with an understandingly love. Mm -hmm. And that's that's why mm -hmm. this love is different. That's good. People don't pe people don't know what you're going through and where you've been and what you're struggling yeah. with right now. And so you might be acting a certain way, but it's because of maybe some things has happened. I gotta love you through that. Mm -hmm. I, I I can't take what you're going through personally, you know, and 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 stop having anything to do with you because you know. I, uh, you, you're not acting the way I think you are. No, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. Jesus says your best interest is for me to reach out and to love and to care for you. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be there. I'm mm -hmm. going to, I'm going to reach out and 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 and, and love you in spite. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's he, that's what he calls them to. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yes, yeah, so I know. Like one of the things that's interesting about this is that there are. There's multiple definitions of what does it mean to love someone. Like you talk about this of agape love. This is Jesus's kind of love. But we also know that love is something that a lot of people talk about. It's not just a Christian idea that love is um, at least that word, and it's maybe has a different meaning to it. But like, it's also an idea in secular culture that like, they'd say, "Oh, we're being." loving but what is what is love like what is a real definition of love mm -hmm. i think it's really important to like discuss here what did jesus mean by love what is this agape love so mm -hmm. i guess maybe the next question i have for y'all and i know paul you've spoke about <clears throat> this uh, many times before on this podcast is um you know jesus's love is is quite distinct often from what mm -hmm. the world would call love from what in culture is glorified as love. And I mean, even, even just the word love we use for so many things. Sure. We use it to describe our enjoyment for pizza. Yeah, Ebony, yeah. Oh, yeah. you want cheeseburger. No, no, not, not That's an interesting choice. I, I wouldn't put cheese on it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you use it to describe the relationship between a spouse and the, your relationship to coffee. Like, it's just, right. it's this word that 
in some ways loses its meaning in culture with how widely we use it. But all, all of that to say, I guess I'd ask, what is, what's the difference between that cultural definition of love and what Jesus is saying love really is? And Paul, you've yeah. spoken a lot to what you would say as the cultural, the postmodern definition of what love is. I wonder if you'd maybe talk about that a little bit and then let's talk about how is Jesus' love maybe different than that. Yeah, I mean, I would say this, you know, Jim's already hit on on this to some degree in that um, it is not a new thing that the culture of a day and age has a particular way of defining love. You know, Jim talked about this idea, you know, in Jesus' day, um, love was extended to those who could love you back. You know, in yeah. fact, Jesus says, and I mean, that's Luke, Luke 6, he says, look, if, if you only love those who can love you in return... Mm-hmm or who do already love you, what credit is that to you, right? So he says, even sinners love that way. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is calling the people of his day who had a very, uh, they had a reciprocal understanding of love. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, if this person will love me back, then I will love them. And that was kind of what, what love was about. And and certainly that, that was, um, that was current, uh, that was the current vogue of that day. You know, even mm-hmm. gift giving uh, you did not give a gift without expecting a gift in return, and that's even sometimes true in Eastern culture today. You know, so if you give if you give someone a gift, you know, our American ideal is um, to give selfless selfless gifts. Why has that become our ideal? Well, it's because of our uh, our rooting, uh, you know, our biblical biblical understanding rooting of what uh, selfless gift giving ought to look like. You know, but in in Jesus' day, if someone gave you a gift you were kind of expected to give them a gift in return. That's why the idea of grace was even so difficult sometimes because if grace is this free gift and I can't give anything in return to earn it or deserve it or, you know, so that's true about love too. The idea in Jesus' day was that, you know, love requires love in return and Jesus is saying, love those who can't return love to you. You know, even in our small group, we were talking about this um, just last night um, in that, there are circumstances um, in our current day and age where, uh, where we, you know, so I have, you know, I have a mentally handicapped sister. Um, she, I don't know that she understands the concept of love much at all, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So the love that is shown to her from my parents, from her siblings, that's love that will, will never be given back in return. And, and certainly in action, we're not going to ever receive that back. Well, Jesus is saying, especially in those situations, you go and love those people who, who can't love you in return and maybe those who won't love you in return. So that was the struggle in Jesus' day. Now, in our day, I think it's, it's, it's a very different thing um, where, as you said, kind of our postmodern uh, definition of love is that, you know, that love is wanting what someone wants for themselves, right? So if you know that somebody wants to go do this thing, you you want it for them as well and 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 don't be judgmental like don't ever be judgmental because being judgmental is unloving you know so so remember that in our culture being judgmental is is pretty much the greatest of all sins i mean it is the unforgivable sin right which is why the culture looks down upon the church sometimes because we make judgments about what is right and wrong based upon what we read in scripture right so when we make those judgments and we say, no, that's not an okay way to live, be, or behave. People will come back and say, mm-hmm. 
wait a minute, that's judgmental. I thought you guys were supposed to be loving, right? So you can see where the tension is there. So now we're looked at as unloving, but that's because of the culture, the culture's definition of love, and, and we're never supposed to be judgmental, right? So, so of course, to love someone then means always to affirm them, even if their choices might seem unwise, or maybe we put the label bad on them or negative, whatever, you be positive, mm -hmm. right? You be positive. You be positive about them. You affirm them. And I think, you know, some of that goes back to um, some ideas that came out of counseling psychology, Carl Rogers, um, with the idea of unconditional positive regard, that the counselors ought to treat their clients that way and never... Um, Never try to lead and guide. You just, you want what they want for them, whatever goals they set are the good goals. And that trickled down through pop psychology into culture. And certainly, you know, I think that's, that's what we're left with now. This idea that we should always have unconditional positive regard for everybody around us. But, you know, I think really consistent with what you shared about agape love, Jim. I just want to pull a quick definition of love uh, from an article that I wrote a number of months ago. Um, and, and here's what I think the definition of Christ-like love is in the Bible as opposed to our culture. So this is one, this is a definition written intentionally to oppose the cultural definition of love. So I'll, mm -hmm. I'll admit it's somewhat loaded. Um, <clears throat> but I think this is, you know, love as opposed to what the culture says, is love is generally, genuinely desiring what God would desire for another. And then as much as it depends upon you, working faithfully to see that desire, God's desire, become reality. Mm -hmm. Which means, yes, it's going to be self-sacrificial because Jesus was self-sacrificial. Mm -hmm. Which means that sometimes it means it, we may have to have a confrontation with somebody. You know, because if, if I see somebody I love uh, living a life where they're, they're, you know, addicted, struggling with drugs and alcohol, I don't just let that happen. I try to engage and maybe even put myself at risk in the way that, and so even that is self-sacrificial. Mm -hmm. But if I see if somebody embracing anything that's counter to scripture and I love that person, that person is a friend of mine, now that requires relationship. You know, I think that's a place where the church has gone wrong at times is we're going to confront the whole world and we don't have any relationship with the world and the world really doesn't care about us. So the world sees our judgment detached from real biblical love or sees the confrontation detached from real biblical love and so determines well that's not what love looks like and you know what maybe they're right in that regard it's not what love looks like to be judgmental and confrontational apart from relationship and so we should be building relational bridges it doesn't mean we don't speak the truth and somehow because of the bridges you can't build a relational bridge with everybody so somehow maybe because of the bridges we are building Others will look at it and say, yes, but we also see this other side. And so maybe we do trust this is what love looks like. But certainly that's what, that's what Jesus did consistently. I mean, think about the, the way that he confronted people over and over and over again. And I think even the Pharisees, he confronted them out of love for them, certainly from frustration uh, at times too. <clears throat> but again, one more time on that. Very, very consistent with your definition of agape love. I think it's truly desiring so desiring what god would want for another and then here comes the action part as you talked about mm -hmm. and then working as much as it depends upon you faithfully working to see that desire become a reality whatever that means in whatever shape that takes mm -hmm. and sometimes you're going to be rejected because of that mm -hmm. but if we're rejected because of and for love's sake that's a whole lot like jesus mm -hmm. 
I mean, Jesus was often rejected because he loved people. Um, and certainly as he hangs on the cross in the most self-sacrificial, um, you know, I think depiction of love, 1 John three sixteen. this is how we know. Mm-hmm. This is how we know what love is. Jesus laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for others mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. We're going to be rejected when we embrace true love as well. Mm-hmm. But I'd rather be rejected for embracing the biblical definition of love than be patted on the back by everybody around us mm-hmm. in this postmodern culture for embracing the, hey, whatever anybody wants is great, go and mm-hmm. affirm that definition of love. Mm-hmm. And then because of that, Never tell people the truth. Mm-hmm. Never be confrontational, whatever that is. So I'd rather be rejected for embracing the biblical definition of love than do the opposite or do the, the other in that. So so anyway, I think maybe that uh, maybe that helps, Jim. Is there anything that you would add to that? Yeah, you know, one of the things I wanted to add to that was the fact that love is not an emotion. Mm. Agape love is not an emotion. It is a, it is a decision. Yeah. Um, I know that heaven is going to be a great place. Yeah. I I am looking forward to it. And I've already decided that that's where I want to spend my yeah. eternity. And so when I look at, at someone maybe acting like a jerk, I still want he, he or she to be yeah. in the place I'm going to spend eternity. Yeah. And, it, and it's a decision I've made, even though my feelings hadn't caught up with the decision. Mm. You know, my, my, my feelings might be back here somewhere. I, <laughs> I have to say, wait a minute, that's not what I'm being motivated by. I'm motivated mm. by the decision that 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 Jesus went to the cross so that people could spend eternity with with, with God, and that's what that's the direction I want to go in, yeah. uh, regardless of what is going on around me. We get caught up in the minutia of life so many times until we until we allow that to trip us up. On the real mission, uh, the, the real the real goal towards the mission that we're we're, we're setting out towards. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really good. That's Jim. good. I uh, could could I have you all like just to maybe flesh this out a little bit more agape love? Are there any stories or just practical examples that you might share of like what what this actually looks like living out agape love? I remember. I had this 1971 Buick Grand Sport. It was my pride and joy. And I had rebuilt it all the way. You know, I had a 455 motor. It was fast car. It was gorgeous and it was my pride and joy. I'm in Fort Lauderdale and I'm, I'm visiting my dad. My dad was struggling with some cancer issues there. And all of a sudden, uh, the telephone rang. And when the telephone rang, it was uh, Marjorie saying, um, got some bad news for you. What was that? She had allowed Terry, our son at 16, who begged her to let her, let him drive the car to the store. And he drove the car to the store and he picked up a couple of his buddies. And he had to show them what his daddy's car could do. <laughs> and he hit a telegram post and mm. wiped that car out. <laughs> so, so there was my challenge. Now, I did not mm. put him on eternal probation or, or mm. punishment for it, because he probably deserved. But I, <laughs> we had a good talk about that situation. And I dropped it and went on by my business and continued to love it. Yeah, I think that's what God has called me 
to do in that particular situation because mm -hmm. uh, he knew he had messed up, but I wasn't going. And I, you know, and he tells that story today about the fact that that he felt like that was God's grace, yeah. the reason that he. He, he's still alive today. <laughs> yeah, at our small group last night, somebody was talking about agape love, and uh, they, they made the statement, and, and somebody had shared this with them, so it wasn't original to them, but they made the statement that you never really truly know if you love, if you love someone or how well you love someone until they give you a reason not to love them. You know, and so, I mean, that almost, you know, yeah. I mean, it's in those moments of trial where we, where we discover do we really... Do we really truly love somebody? You know, are we going to place a car above a person? Are we going to mm -hmm. place our feelings above whatever it happens to be? But we don't really know <clears throat> the quality of our love for someone until they give us a reason not to love them. You know, so I think that's that's a really good one. I'll share. I can share a quick personal story from uh, from my life. Um, my sophomore year of college, I got you know caught up with a group of guys, and they were, you know. I, I don't want to put all this on them. A whole lot of it was on me too, because I was, I was joining in the nonsense, and uh, we we were just we were mischievous. Um, we were a little bit rebellious. Um, we were doing things we shouldn't be doing, and you know the the dean of students uh, called me into her office, and um, you know had a hard conversation with me. I mean, she was fairly, fairly direct and confrontational. Um, I, I had been caught up in a number of things that really could have, and if things had gone just slightly different, would have ended my, my time at the school there. Um, and she made this statement to me, and I remember her kind of uh, trying to soften the blow for what she was about to say, you know, and, I, and then saying, you know, I, I want you to receive this well. I want you to understand the um, maybe maybe the heart in which I'm sharing it, and I can't remember her exact words, how she framed that, but she, I do remember these words. Um, she just said, you know, right now you're just at a place where I feel like I sense a lot of darkness in you. Like, whoa. What, what does she mean by that? You know, and I, as a person who was really not pursuing following Jesus at that point in time, um, my first impulse I went and talked to my friends about that, and we all laughed about it, and we made fun of it, you know. Sense a lot of darkness in you, ha, 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 you know, like, as if that's a funny thing, you know. Um, but I, honestly, those words messed with me. And it was because, one, she was right. Two, because she had the courage to say those words to me because she loved me and she wanted something better for me. I mean, she, she had spent the whole first part of that conversation saying, here's what I see in you and I think here's what you could be and here's what your life could look like. But right now, here's how it's going. And let me tell you, I just feel like I sense a lot of darkness in you right now. And so I saw her vision out of, the, out of love of what she hoped my life could look like. Mm -hmm. And, and I will say, I mean, I think, you know, I think, you know, <clears throat> I see darkness in you or a lot of darkness in you, however many words that is, somewhere between four and six words, you know, um, those words made enough of an impact upon me that 
that and some others who were showing me love in action by trying to pull me away from that that group um, that made a difference and and I chose a different path because of that you know I pledged to do things differently you know I think I moved toward a place of repentance because of it and so you know she could have chosen to say nothing and just affirmed my choices or whatever you want to whatever you want to say about that um, but you know that was an experience of agape love for me because frankly <coughs> very few people around me were challenging me mm-hmm. and so she did not because I was a pain in her rear end although I'm certain I was that you know around school and she was the Dean of Students remember um, I think probably what I was doing was definitely frustrating her and making her job hard even at times um, but she chose to challenge me as a person not just to challenge my actions and then paint a picture of what life could be like if I were to do things differently I mean that was that was a I mean I, I can remember that as a moment of an experience of true agape love hmm. that's really good Thank you all for sharing those stories. Um, It brings us to the final question we want to land on today. And it's our weekly question is, how can we practice what we've learned this week to be faithful to Jesus? Think about ways in which we can go out and serve somebody where they're not expecting you to serve. Keep your eyes open and your ears open and your mind available for the Holy Spirit to lead Mm -hmm. you into places that you were not expecting to go. And then when you he's he go he sends you there, go boldly. Go with uh not not being afraid, knowing mm-hmm. that this is something that's going to serve the purpose of the kingdom. It's mm-hmm. gonna serve serve the purpose of why God woke me up this morning. Mm-hmm. I always say that as a Christian, if I wake if my eyes open up and I see the light of a new day, it's because God has something prepared in advance for me to do that day. Mm-hmm. And so I need to I need to figure that out and and uh, and do it and do it faithfully yeah. mm-hmm. uh, to to him. Uh, and so uh, next time when someone says something uh, or, or they're doing something that kind of irritates you, find out what's what's behind all that. Yeah, love them in in, in spite of all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, when 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 you think they really don't deserve your forgiveness, forgive them anyway. Because you know, forgive them before they ask you. <laughs> you know, just, just you know, that's that. that you know, send them a, a, a card. I, I had a guy that, that did something to me, um, and uh, you you thought it was something that he should. And I tried to call him just to encourage him with an encouraging word to let him know I still love him in spite of what what he did, what he said. You know, uh, choose the high road mm. in situations. I am going to take the upper road, and I'm not going to be drugged down into the doldrums that Satan wants me to go into. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You said something against or about me. I'm not going to say something against about you. Right. I'm going to say something positive mm-hmm. about you. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do that thing which is loving. And when you see that someone has a need, don't wait till someone asks you to do that. You go do it. Just you just do it. You show up mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. get it done. You know that's good. Anything you'd add to that, Paul? Yeah, I think Jim just you know I, I think you nailed it, Jim. 
it's there's such broad application and practice to this because it talks about the kind of people we're supposed to be at yeah. a foundational mm-hmm. level. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think you're right. I mean, it's there's in, introspection required to say, one, is this the way I actually view love? Um, you know, is self-sacrificial love a part of uh, my my practice, my habits? If if not, why not? Because as you said, in this culture, we're very focused on self, not mm-hmm. sacrificing self. It's building self up, uh, not building others up. Um, so I think it starts with introspection, and that introspection has to lead to action. That is, that is as you said, this is not um, a feeling. Agape love is not a feeling. Mm-hmm. And certainly there are feelings attached to it, especially the, I think the closer our heart gets to the heart of Jesus, there are going to be feelings attached to our uh, agape love actions. But your point to say that the action sometimes precedes the feeling, I think mm-hmm. is 100% right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would say, you know, how, how can you practice this to be faithful to Jesus? Well, there are going to be times this week where you don't feel like loving like this. Mm-hmm. Let your actions precede the feelings. Keep surrendering your heart to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Develop the mind of Christ. And these are things we're all, you know, we're not... We're not talking any of us as experts in this. You know, we're talking about fellow strugglers in learning how to love the way Jesus did so that the world may see that we truly are his disciples. Mm-hmm. Let, let the action lead on this mm-hmm. and let God work on transforming you from the inside. Um, it's not just that we want to get the outsides right. It's that sometimes we have to put things into practice. Yeah. And then the faithfulness including the heart faithfulness comes out of that as well. So I think well said in that, Jim. Appreciate that. Awesome. Well, thank you all. Thank you all for sharing. And uh, thank you, Jim, specifically for sharing this message, for joining us on the podcast this week. It's been a really good conversation. Mm -hmm. And we hope, guys, as you all go out, that you'll live out this agape love, that you'll take this on, that will become your brand, that you'll follow Jesus' blueprint, and that your life will be a billboard to God's love. Mm-hmm. So thank you all, as always, for joining us this week. And we hope you come back next week as we conclude this series, Witness. Paul will be yeah. sharing the message uh, this coming Sunday. And uh, it's going to be good. So we hope you all will be there for that. And uh, feel free to reach out if you have any questions, comments for us. We always love to hear from you all. And until then, we will see you all next week.